Sunset by the River by Samir Saxena Chapter 13 The huge rush in the shrine throughout the day ensured that it remained open 24 hours However Bharat told him the footfall reduced drastically during midnight as most of the devotees believed that seeking blessings was an ideal during the darkest hours of the day The one hour during the midnight was the perfect opportunity for Ayan to sneak in the restricted area The only drawback about the shrine management was its security. It wasn't guarded as heavily as a fort of a king because the crime rate in the village was almost negligible. The only report which was registered in the local police booth when Ayan had gone to inquire about Tripti was about a man playing spiritual music at volume considering too high for the night at his family function. He was charged for creating noise pollution by playing high music after the prescribed time limit applied by the authorities. Ayan figured he had good chances of sneaking into the restricted area just by acting cool. It was about few minutes to midnight when he reached the main entrance. He was surprised to see that unlike the infinite queue in the afternoon he had witnessed, that hour of the night had at a maximum 20 or so people and even amongst them some were the priest. Light music of spiritual nature echoed throughout the place, spreading positive vibes in the hall as he reached the main area of worship again. This time the pious idol was visible clearly and the saint did not mind allowing Ayan to sit in the open space in front of the idol for meditation. When he closed his eyes and tried to concentrate on the spiritual path of the mind which he had almost forgotten in all those years of his corporate life, he found a healing relaxation. His his exhausted mind had found a calm sense and the headache he had before had started to ease off. In those few moments his mind started to recollect all the memories of the previous year. The moment when he saw Tripti in the auditorium, the first one-sided date, the WhatsApp lecture, the elaborate proposal which he had also marked the fork in their friendship, and finally the cold long drive and the heated argument he had with Tripti. Everything resurfaced in his mind as he sat there in complete solace. When he opened his eyes the music was still the same the walls of the shrine were also same and so were the people walking by but there was also this sudden freshness in everything he hadn't quite experienced before he was now experiencing something new in everything he saw and heard he thanked the people who weren't around as they deemed this time not idle for worship it would give him the time and some solitude to seek the blessing After spending some time with the idol of the Lord he went to the left end towards the door that lead to the back area from where people were supposed to go around the other part of the shrine After a few moments he came back into the hall again but from the second door which was in the extreme right corner of the worshiping hall This door opened straight to a narrow passage which was the only way to access the restricted area He cast a glance around saw that the saint was busy in organizing the packet and other thing in the room The devotees were almost nil by then and the handful of people who had entered before the clock struck the midnight hour were headed towards a worshiping area. There were hardly 10 people around so there was no one who could tell that a man was going towards a restricted area. The door wasn't locked but held closed by a trap of a metal bar and a latch. It was firm enough that it could not open by gentle force. Moreover, the guards of the gate were only momentarily gone for their shift change. so he didn't have much time until the second set of guard would arrive the unnatural voices from inside the room were so audible from that point that his hand shook as he gently slid the mat latch open the old door created a chinking noise but thankfully it wasn't loud enough to draw unwanted attention 
but had it not been for the spiritual music echoing throughout the place that could have easily alerted everyone within earshot or within the vicinity he went inside and stretched his hand out to reach the bar of the door somehow sliding the metallic bar back from inside the hole the voices inside the hall went quiet for a moment as he managed to break in and then within a few moments the women started to murmur again the few growling so- sounds ayan had heard in the day resumed too he walked further inside the big hall which was covered entirely by shed and walls the top was covered entirely by shed and walls the top was covered by a tin shed and the walls except for the front were painted white the front area which ayan had noticed during the day while he had ensured the shrine was a bit offset from the main entrance of the shrine and it was fortified by iron bars that were shaped like grills for the ventilation most likely the hall was so large that even the three high intensity halogen lights being used in there was not enough to illuminate the whole area it was almost the size of the main area of the shrine where thousands of devotees gathered daily but that place as ayan looked around thoroughly was constructed parallel to the shrine in a way that could easily hold more than a thousand people a few pillars were constructed from front to back in a pattern through the center line of the hall equally spaced and around those pillars were seated some people accompanying the women they were perhaps the relative of the sufferers who had come there to seek the blessings through healing ritual that ayan had seen the previous afternoon right across in front he spotted that tiny window the same window from where ayan had noticed that had turned out to be a halogen light try to illuminate the large hall he wanted to continue looking around but the mere sight of the people around him was scaring the living daylight out of him a man was scratching the paint off the wall a mere few yards to the left of the door from where he had entered with his bare nails he could see the traces of the blood shaping along He also saw two women in the middle of the hall by one of the pillars one of them was laughing while the other one was weeping for reasons only known to her The people accompanying the sufferers must have assumed Ayan was one of them so they did cast a second look at him He continued to search for the little spark that he had seen in the evening but so far he hadn't caught sight of it anywhere As he further examined the place in the extreme left corner opposite to the door from where he had entered He saw a few more people seated with three women. The three women were spinning their heads in circles and two of them were even growling some gibberish as the people accompanying them tried to hold them down. Ayan noticed that the third woman was not as violent as the other two but was still shaking her head gently. He started to walk towards them and all of a sudden his eyes caught sight of that bright spark again. The sti- the streak grew brighter as he went closer. because the halogen light he noticed had been placed above the women's head it was one of the pillars that had earlier hidden it from ayan's view he realized he saw the third woman was facing the wall opposite to him and looking down at the floor with his leg folded and was supported herself with her arms placed on the floor the streak was coming from the forefinger of her right hand ayan's mind was traumatized enough already by what he had seen in the hall He has already regretted his decision of wanting to explore this ghastly place which Bharat had clearly advised him against to begin with. To worsen his fear, the shine from the finger of that woman had struck like a hammer on his eye. He prayed with all his spirit that it should not be a like nightmare.
just like the one he had the night before. His rational views about life and death, good and evil, heaven and hell, none of them were viable in those very scenario. Gathering as much of his courage as he could, he sluggishly and cautiously went near the woman. As his shadow covered the ground in front of the woman, her head jerked upwards towards him in the flash of a second. Her face was covered with her hair and her head was still shaking round. It was slower than the others but still unusual. Ayan reluctantly kneeled on his left knee and parted her hair both ways, tucking it round the back of her ears as he saw her face. His eyes flew wide open as he nearly lost his balance as he almost stumbled backwards with a jerk. He almost lost his breath and his heartbeats accelerated to an alarming tree. He went completely numb for a while then somehow he managed to get himself together back on his left knee and a single word escaped his mouth in a whisper of disbelief. Tripti He stood there rooted to the floor on his knee just like that afternoon when he had proposed to her the irregularly accelerating heartbeats were back and so was the nervousness that had plagued his mind on that day and the floodgate shatters open as he caressed her cheeks just like they had when she broke into that silent weeping that day what the hell happened to you his words still came out only as a whisper he wanted to completely deny the law of the real world and prove it was some virtual step up of his mind his heart refused to believe what his eyes were seeing because they had only noticed something that if acknowledged by his heart would completely shatter him the thing glowing in her forefinger the, the thing had caught his attention from outside just a few hours ago was the very diamond ring he has gifted her on her birthday she was wearing the same yellow suit in which she looked an angel that day but she had invited him to her home how could she even forget that day that day she was looking like the definition the very personification of beauty but now her face had grown dark with dark circular marks around her eyes her nails had grown bigger longer than usual and the hair was as messy as it could be hey kid are you with her asked one of the men near him ayan knew the man had it figured that ayan wasn't one of them but he was in way too much of a shock to lie at the moment He rudely brushed that man's query off, hissing at him. Just mind your own fucking business, will you? Tripti, it's me, Ayan. Can you hear me? He tried reaching out to her again, but she kept staring at him blankly, although her head had stopped going in circle within a few seconds of Ayan making contact. Just like the day when he asked her to marry him, she was just sitting there without any answers. She was just shaking her head and mumbling incomprehensible words in a low voice. Ayan knew it was indeed his Tripti but he could not identify the person she had become her senses seemed to have gone completely haywire and her body became so lean she probably had been kept here without proper food come on Tripti talk to me say something for the sake of us the agony he felt was coming through as crystal as the diamond in the ring on her finger but she was not responding at all it was as if someone else was controlling her The torrents of tears continuously rolled down his cheek as his head tilted to the floor his body trembled and his arm dropped to the floor almost exactly like it had that day and suddenly she reacted in a way that shattered Ayan's mind and his broken heart she started to laugh the sudden thud of the door caused Ayan to look up in a surprise and he hadn't realized how long he had been in there for and now he knew his short window had shut tight as he saw two men storming towards him 
He stood up slowly and tried to act normal as he wiped the streak left by the tears off his cheek, but it was too late. He saw the man who had asked him just a few moments ago standing behind the two guards. The smug look of pride on the man's made Ian want to punch him in the face, but there was no point. Everyone was looking at him and they could not tell that he did not belong there. Who are you? What are you doing here? I just came to see her. I returned from a business trip abroad just yesterday and heard that she had fallen sick. He answered in a heavy voice trying to feign innocence. This is strange. Her father didn't mention to us about anyone visiting her for today. The guard said, arms crossed across his chest. Her father? What the hell are you talking about? The guard held his right palm up to Ayan sternly. There is no place for swearing in the house of God and then he gestured to an old man standing with the second guard. That's him. Now either he is lying or you are young man. Ayan cast a suspicious look, his eyes squinted at the old man. He was wearing a long saffron colored kurta and a white dhoti complete with a sandalwood mark on his forehead. He looked like one of the priests who performed the ritual there. Ayan's finger rose in a threat at the old man who in the name of the Lord are you old man you for sure aren't her father the two guards exchanged quick looks bewildered the name of the lord was not to be uttered in vain within those walls something was clearly wrong they looked at the old man who looked profoundly nervous and they went a little away from ayan for some conversation ayan felt somewhat relieved but it didn't last long when they returned to ayan they looked more furious towards him and one of them demanded Tell us right now what are your intention were with the girl you were trying to kidnap that poor girl weren't you What no Ayan replied aghast I am a friend she has been missing from her house for in the last 4 days at least now Ayan tried to explain the situation to the guards but the more he spoke the more they laughed He felt completely helpless by the end Look kid the first guard said You have broken an important rule of the shrine nobody is allowed here except the people who are part of the ritual. This man is a father and we have proof of it. Ayan had no idea what was going around and tried to turn towards a girl who was still laughing, murmuring in a low voice and looking towards the tin shed above. Tripti, tell them you know me. Tell them everything please. He held her hand and tried to pull her back to reality. Hey, back away. You're hurting her. ordered the second guard then out of the blue she stopped laughing and with heavy breath she spoke i know you but her voice was heavier than usual and had this different tone ayan had never heard her speak with the new voice was harsh and dark go away i don't want anyone here she growled and started to laugh again what happened to you tripti ayan cried the more she laughed the more hurt he felt She's possessed the old man finally shouted acting if as he was in more pain than Ayan. You Ayan's attention snapped to the old man and he snarled at him and he stomped towards him. What did you do to her? Tell me old man. He tried to grab the old man but the guards jumped quick to action and restrained Ayan. I have done nothing that you seem to be insinuating young man said the old man. You on the other hand look like you're up to no good. Don't you dare. Ayan tried to break free of the guard's hold and the guards in reflex pinned him on the floor by making him kneel. Ayan however didn't break eye contact with the old man. Speak the truth you bastard what have you done to her? 
All right, that's enough. You're going to jail for this. The guards holding Ayan on the left barked at him. What? Ayan's attention snapped to his left bewildered and he stopped moving. He is the one you should be reporting to the police, not me. He tried to get out of the firm grip of the two guards by then. There was a pretty thick crowd gathered around the four of them. The old man came near the guard right of Ayan and whispered something. They both exchanged a look and a nod and the old man went inside, whipping his phone out on the way. You better be ready to prepare your case, the guard said. You're going to need a very good lawyer just to justify your breaking in here to start with. No, the Ayan yelled, his voice cracking. His heart was already shattered seeing Tripti's condition. By then, a switch flipped in his brain. He realized what that old man was trying to do and it made him more nervous. He tried talking to the guards again. Listen, you have to trust me. I'm a friend. She's been missing from her home in Delhi since the last four days. Just let me make a phone call there and his real real father will tell you everything, please. The guards took him out of the hall from the door at the back and the same door from where they had taken the woman for the healing ritual in the afternoon Ayan had witnessed. He was then taken towards a darker side behind the shrine and locked there. Stay here till the morning when the chief will come and hand you over to the local police. Explain your case to them. They went away towards the shrine again, ignoring every word Ayan had spoken. There were nothing visible inside the room, but there was a rectangular opening on the door to see the view outside, and just a slight light was entering from it. The bright lights inside the shrine area made it difficult for his eyes to adapt to the dark for a while and it was only after a few minutes when he could probably see that he realized he was in a store filled with useless stuff and waste. Listen to me, you big fools, Ayan yelled out, venting out all of his anger and frustration at the guards, but they didn't pay any heed. They walked away from the backyard and the mild music of the shrine, along with the dim lights, was the only companion Ayan had. Oh lord! What do I do now? Every passing minute was like a lost chance. He was alone, trapped in a room, locked by a heavy iron door. Soon he lost track of time. He was occasionally shouting for help from the people passing by, but nobody helped. It wasn't until afternoon and numerous attempts that he realized that he had been in the very backyard where the exorcism were performed. God damn it. All the people who passed by me must have assumed I was one of the sufferers. He knew then no one was going to help him because of the stigma associated with this place. He sat on a drum filled with mud and stones with a heavy thumb, feeling utterly helpless. Just behind the door, beyond exhausted. He almost fell asleep when it sounded like he had heard someone calling his name. Ayan, are you there? The voice came from the opening of the door. He gathered its senses, shaking his head and slapping himself in the face, shrugging the drowsiness off, and he saw a familiar face sneaking inside. It was Bharat. Ayan jumped up and still to the door, thinking Bharat had opened it, but it was still locked. Bharat, please get me out of here. I'm not letting you out unless and until you tell me what in the name of the Lord did you do last night, Bharat said. I came here ready to have you meet with the chief priest like I promised and the first thing I hear from the guard is you tried to kidnap a young girl. The whole village has been filled with this news of a kidnapping in the shrine. Tell me the truth right now. A cold surge of sensation ran through Ayan's body when he heard that. Believe me, Ayan, Bharat, I haven't done anything like that. 
he started explaining hoping at least bharat would believe him you remember how curious i was about this place right the night before i came here i had this inexplicable dream he told bharat everything now missing a single detail bharat didn't look entirely convinced but from his face i knew he had been given the benefit of doubt even if momentarily do you think the old man is involved in something bharat asked him i don't know yet maybe he is part of someone else's plan i replied his mind was trying to look for possible answers or at least theories that could lead him to those answers but everything that had transpired in the hall of the sufferers had weakened him he couldn't think of any logical solution at that point listen bharat i need your help to get tripti and me out of this place i won't be able to do this without you i and begged of him he was in no state to fight back and was trying to think of all the possibilities that could lead to both him and tripti getting out of that place tripti had to be taken care of this place somehow bharat jolted him to reality look i can get you out of this place but if you have to first save yourself i can't let the girl out just like that if what you are saying is correct then the old man might have someone big protecting him he unlocked the door and made some quick gestures as he continued there is an open passage from the garden behind this area take that and be quick it will lead you straight to the highway i'll get your car there okay no i am pulled back the door i'm not leaving without her i promised her best friend i'll get her safely back home bharat shook his head saying ayan please don't make this more complicated than you already have ayan clearly hadn't heard him for the snapped a finger his mind had finally come up with something i think you could do one better than what i'm asking i could use your help with something else bharat sighed can't believe i'm saying this but fine what is it my phone i left it in my room room number 13 of the lounge just at the end of the road you have to get here he handled the keys to bharat you get me that and i promise you nothing will happen to either of us or her just one phone call bharat nodded and strode towards the exit gallery parallel to the restricted hall as ayan saw him vanish inside the gallery he realized the mild rays of the sun had started to cover the rather darker path of the shrine he could see devotees entering the shrine the day was about to start somehow he was still safe inside the room as the guard had told him the chief priest would be arriving in the morning he prayed for bharat to be back before the chief arrived or else he'd had he'd be done for Ayan grew restless with each minute that passed as he waited for Bharat to return with his phone. He had the feeling that somehow Bharat could make it because of his active participation in the shrine's development and other social works he was involved in. Everyone in the village knew him and respected him from what he had told Ayan. Ayan also had known in his gut he wouldn't be wrong that Bharat could help. Shortly enough Bharat returned with the phone in his hand in about 15 minutes and handed it over to Ayan in a hurry. Shit, no network. Give me yours. Mine has still no network. Ayan demanded. Bharat handed this phone to without a second thought Ayan dialed a number that was received within the first two rings. Hello? Hello Itesh. It's me Ayan. Ayan dude, where the hell have you been? I've been trying your number since yesterday. I'll tell you everything I swear to you right now. I need your help it's urgent. Of course, sure. What do you need? Listen carefully. I found her. She's in Jaipur. What? You found her? Dude, congratulations. Damn it, Tej, let me finish. Yes, I found her, but I didn't know how to explain it to him. He continued speaking still. We are kind of trapped. Can you call her father? 
Ayan explained to him quickly and briefly about the situation and Hitesh assured he would contact his father right away to reach there as soon as possible. You're involving an IAS officer? Bharat was astounded realizing the amount of support Ayan had just asked for. Considering their distance from the place it would still at least take 2 hours if they had to leave immediately. By then they knew what was they had to do. Just praise themselves for the next couple of hours before the backup would arrive. Ayan saw four men coming towards the room about a minute afterwards. I think you should go now Bharat he said. I don't want you to get unnecessarily involved in this. Bharat had no choice but to back off a little as the men reached the area. Among them was a man who looked like he was in his 40s. He was wearing on an orange kurta and grey lowers which were neatly ironed and perfectly tailored to his size. He had a clean shaved bald head and was roughly just a little taller than Bharat and he looked furious. Upon reaching the two guards opened the door for him while the fourth the old man stood behind. The bald man asked Bharat surprised seeing him there what are you doing here Bharat I was just passing by Bharat responded nervously Well you better get going son you're supposed to be helping the devotees right Bharat nodded and walked away The man turned to Ayan and you what the hell were you trying to do with that girl Before Ayan could respond the old man meddled I told you already sir he was trying to kidnap her Please he interrupted the old man by showing his palm let me talk to him first whatever this man has told you everything is well respected sir ayan responded i see said the chief priest you tell me the truth then her name is tripti we are close friends which is why she said i know you when she saw me i don't know how this man found her and put her here but i know her real family and they have been worried sick about her she went missing 4 days ago She isn't possessed so please believe me. The chief looked at him top to bottom. The sunlight from east was then by flashing directly on Ayan's sweaty face. Be that as it may and let's say I believe you son he said. You still are in violation of the rules of this holy abode. In the 200 years of your history nobody has dared sneaked into the restricted area without the consent of the chief priest and by doing that you have broken the most sacred rule of here. I'm sorry for that sir but I had no choice. Yes you had shouted the chief. You had the choice to let the girl heal first. Heal? And Ayan realized the chief hadn't fully believed him and that ticked him off now. You mean by beating her head in those student trying her upside down did you even listen? Before Ayan could finish he felt a hard sensation hit his left cheek. One of the guard had slapped him so hard that he could faint. ringing on his ear his heart was filled with fury but he knew he wouldn't hit just back yet he instead chose to subtly ball his fist and set his teeth together and make as many his as the guards would give him did you understand the chief said his voice sounded threatening now out there hundreds of furious people like him are waiting for you the priest pointed toward the shrine with his finger i would not hesitate throwing you out for them He the he reached for Anne's face, where the hard slap had left his mark. Anne could feel the coldness of the gold ring he was wearing. Go away and never come back. As the chief turned away to go and signal the guard to take Anne towards the garden, Anne shouted from behind them, and hard determination coming through clearly in his voice. I am not leaving without her.
you hear me come at me with everything you got chief i can take it all the chief stopped and turned to him flashing a deviously calm smile very well then bring him to the front my children let him know what result breaking the holiness of these ground eels 